0: Hello everyone, thank you for tuning in to TGMR, the Galleries at Moore Radio, a public art talk radio station broadcasting from the Moore College of Art and Design. Listen live, search the archive of past broadcasts, or find out how you can get on the air at thegalleriesatmoore.org. My name is Imani Roach, and this is another installment of Art Blog Radio. I'm very excited to say that today we're speaking with Kelly Morgan. Hi. <laughs> Um Kelly Morgan is the very first recipient of the Winston and Carolyn Lowe Curatorial Fellowship for Diversity in the Fine Arts over at PAFA, um, and we're particularly excited to speak with her today because she is on her way to her next great adventure um, at the Indianapolis Museum of Art New Newfields, um, and so we wanted to catch her before she leaves us um, and just... Yeah, pick her brain about her experience, yeah. <laughs> a little bit about her life. So thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me, Imani. Um, I mean, so one of the reasons that I think uh, the fellowship that you had is so vital and also really why it was created is that there is such a dearth of yeah. of people of color in the museum fields, particularly black women, but people, mm-hmm. of, people of color in general. Yeah. Um, and I, you know... I feel like part of that has to do with um, the the sort of the pathways the, the that get True. you into those mm-hmm. jobs, either not being available or, or, or us just not even knowing right. about them or knowing where to begin. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was hoping that you could actually just break down for people sort of how you arrived at this point. Because sure. I know you didn't start out as like an art history nope. major.
1: <laughs> I started out as a biology major. Oh wow! Um, so, and I would never forget the day I was sitting in like molecular biology, actually, and I was like, I think I want to be a historian. Um, and my friends were like, What are you doing? Because I like got up in the middle of the class and just left. Oh, but wow. I would take <laughs> I would take African American studies courses as like my fun courses, um, and so I went to that faculty, and I was like, you know, what are? Because I knew I wanted a PhD, like even on the biology track, I was doing like. MD PhD, um, and I said, "What are the opp- graduate opportunities in African American Studies?" And this is maybe 2004, so it was literally like Temple, Temple, Berkeley, Yale, Harvard, UMass, maybe Northwestern. Um, and so I, you know, looked at the new UMass's curriculum, and I was like, "Okay, that's where I'm going to go." And I'm like, you know, take some time, work on my writing. Um, and in, like, oh, nine, <laughs> I took a, I took my first art history course, which was an African-American art history course um, that I didn't know at the time was, like, really the only one of its kind. Um, still at Wayne State because I was working as an administrative assistant. Um, and it was at that point where I was like, okay, like, here's what I want to do. Um because I was reading like the footnotes and like the reading the readings for the course and right. stuff, and I was like, there's not a lot of work you know or scholarly work out there um on black women artists, so my Bible was Lisa Farrington's like you know creating their own image um. And then it was really cool because I got to meet her in, like, 2014 um, and, like, had her sign it. It was, like, all oh. raggedy with, like, my little tabs <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> and she was like, oh, you've used it. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and from there, so I got into UMass in 2010. Um, I kind of tricked them, like in my writing sample, I was like, oh, I want to work on black women's intellectual history, which is kind of true. Um, and then when I would take my seminar class, like we we write our seminar papers, I would always slip an artist in there. Uh, so like my slavery and um, abolitionist seminar, I wrote about, you know, Sojourner Truth, Frances Harper, and Amonia Lewis. Um, I remember my literary movements course, I wrote about Margaret Walker, you know, and Elizabeth Cowlett. Um, and so the faculty were like, yeah, you know, Kelly's writing these great papers <laughs> about these artists. What's this art thing? <laughs> so then when we had our, um, it was after, I think, the second year, you know, and you, they, you know, sit you down, you have your review. And they were like, there's no art historians on staff, you know, but if you can figure out, you know, how to do it, we'll support you. And, at, and once they gave me, like, that green light, I was like, okay, how can I meet, like, every curator and every art historian, like, in the five college area, and then kind of branch out to, um, like, Hartford and Boston. And so that's what I did. Um, And then I met Christina Knight, you know, um, maybe two years after that. Um, And so she helped me, you know, network. So a lot of it came just from, like, my literally sending emails to people and saying, hey, you know, this is the work that I want to do. How does one do this? Um, I had a Fellowship for like a week long seminar at the Antiquarian Society, um, and that was when um, talking to those curators and archivists was the moment when I was like, okay, how does one become a curator? Right. Um, and then they gave it they like, oh, you know, you look for curatorial assistantships or you know, assistant curator positions, um, and then one like fell in my lap like that because that's this is like June that I was in Worcester. Um, and it was like that next September, there was a show that UMass was putting on um, called Du Bois and Our Time, mm. where maybe 12, I'm forgetting, it was either 10 or 12 contemporary artists like in conversation with Du Bois' philosophies. Um, and my faculty that were on like the kind of planning committee, it was funny because the... the director and the curator you know knew a lot about contemporary art but didn't really know a lot about Du Bois's history and then vice versa with the faculty (laughs) and so they were like we really need to talk to one of our grad students you know Kelly Morgan and so it just kind of fell in my lap and there so that was my first like real curatorial assistant position um Jefferson
0: where was that again UMass UMass, Mm -hmm.
1: and then Jefferson Pender was one of the artists in the show who was working on a project at the Birmingham Museum of Art and, you know, literally just at one of his lectures, uh, or uh, actually it was a lecture of our colleague, and he was like, there's a position, you know, at the Birmingham Museum of Art I think it would be perfect for. Um, and I was like, okay. <laughs> and then, like, two months later, the deputy director called. Um, um, and so I got that position, which was May, like, 2014. Um, and then coming to PAFA, PAFA was more some it was a choice of my own because yeah. I had to come to Philly to like finish my dissertation research. And I was like, you know, working at Baffle would probably be really cool because <laughs> it's a school and it's a museum. Um and just serendipitously this um fellowship, you know, was available, you know, during that time, you know, of finishing my research. It was like unreal. Um like how those things, you know, just line oh, place.
0: up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you already mentioned a couple of times where people... Where it was really about who you happen to meet, who mm-hmm. you reached out to. Um, and I think that's another oftentimes barrier for people of color entering the museum field. Um, because they don't necessarily have those connections or they don't know to make those yeah. connections. Um, so who... What, who have some of your major sort of mentors been along this road? And
1: honestly, they've all been outside,
0: you know, yeah. <laughs> of the field.
1: Interesting. <laughs> so my major mentor um, is Dr. Melba Boyd, who's a poet, writer. Um, she was longtime chair of the African-American Studies Department at Wayne State um, in Detroit, um, an activist. She's like I. I she's like my all-in-one it's like she's like my mom my aunt my sister (laughs) (laughs) my friend like we've been she's been my mentor since maybe I was about 19 20 so we've had like a four or 17 year um relationship um and then my faculty at um UMass, same. You know, Jim Smithers was is a literary historian. Um, my advisor, Manisha Sinha, is a um, abolitionist. So she's like the she really is like the quintessential scholar, you know, on Black abolitionism. Um, she's a protege of Eric Foner, um, and then curatorially or like museum wide, I would say Graham Betcher, who was my colleague in um, in Birmingham. So he was. Curator of American art when I started now you know he's the director. he was appointed director maybe three months ago. yeah
0: My experience of art history, art historians mm-hmm. um, art museums um, has been that I think sometimes art historians can be a little bit suspicious of outsiders mm-hmm. um, they can be a very insular <laughs> discipline um. Yeah. And I love that you not only have training outside of art history, but that some of your major mentors have been outside of the field. Um, has that ever been an impediment to you in sort of getting into this work? And then I guess on the other side, mm-hmm. how do you think that's, you know, informed or strengthened your work?
1: No, I think it's it's always been um, an asset, you know, because I always say I come into art history like from the back door. <laughs> Um, and it, I've been able to like expand art historical methodologies which has been really great and I knew that about art history so so much of my grad study um had to take like an extra year to just do, you know, to kind of go back and do that sure art history, history. work. Yeah. yeah, that art history coursework. So right. it was like a lot of independent studies, <laughs> you know, or just sitting in a class, yeah. you know, because um, I was like, God, I'm gonna, I have to have this like on my transcript. Yeah. um And so one of our, um, one of Graham and I's like first exchanges where we were looking at particular works in Birmingham's collection, and he was like, How do you know all this stuff? <laughs> Or, like, why didn't I know this about this band? And I was like, well, Graham, you're not a critical race cultural historian. <laughs> so, you come, I was like, you come at it like from the object and work out, you know? And I said, I come from the outside and work into the object. Um, and it was such a great play. Like, at that point, we became like besties. You know, we worked on um, two shows together, actually. But it was so funny because he was like, how do you know? <laughs> Other stuff, and being able to like really contextualize not that our historians don't right do that, yeah. but then it's like for me coming to a painting, knowing like you know ancestral history or like literary history or like how it's connected to like actual other people other than like the artists themselves right. um, just and then Graham just really helped me kind of hone that and like play that up because he was like, that's what American art needs. <laughs> Um, and it's been it's been great, you know. It really, really has, you know. Um, and I'm always, you know, kind of get trying to get my students, you know, to think in that way. Particularly my art history grad students, yeah. you know, because they're always like, wait a minute, you know, <laughs> this is way deeper. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, it kind of needs to be, you know. So it's been a it's been an enhancement, you know.
0: Great. Um, what is the day to day? life of a curator what do you do
1: this is what's so cool about being a curator because it's something different every day (laughs) you know you never have the same thing sometimes you do have the week of meetings you know where you're like in a meeting every hour on the hour um but so it's a myriad of things Imani. so there's you know there's object research Um, you know, which is fun, or like collection research, which is really fun. Um, You can work on acquisitions, um, which is really just watching, you know, you have like your set list of, you know, galleries that you work with, or auction houses, you know, that you work with. Um, And you just kind of watch and see if things come up. Um, That fit into your collection plan. Um, and that was something that was really great working at PAFA, like watching Anna Marley and, um, Jody Throckmorton, you know, both curators, like watching them actually do that. Cause that was something that was, I was really nervous about. Cause yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know anything about <laughs> the market or like, what do you buy? What do you know? And they were like, that's why, yeah, we're going to teach you how to do that. <laughs> um, or at least give me the skills. Yeah. Um, then they're like collector visits. So you build the relationships, um, with various collectors at different levels um, for me teaching is another like major part um of my practice so engaging students at PAFA and tyler um you know going to see shows which is always cool um studio visits you know with emerging artists um or even some um established artists yeah. too you know, so it's it's new, you know, on a on a day to day basis because people always say, "What exactly does a curator yeah. do?" <laughs> and I'm like, "We gotta do everything."
0: Yeah, I <laughs> think teaching. I, I think not a lot of curators teach, or not all curators. No. Teach. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that you're gonna try to continue to do as you move on to Indianapolis? Yeah,
1: I think so. Because we during my um, second interview, we there was a discussion about. The museum not necessarily having a, um, Relationship or like a substantiated relationship <laughs> with um, the schools in the area, <laughs> and so I was like, Oh, well, that's like easy. I've kind of been doing that for about a while, for a while. Yeah. at least getting you know, I was like, We can get the MFAs, you know, into like sketching the gallery or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's something I'm really excited about because yeah. um, I can kind of build that programming, you know, from the ground up. Yeah. Um, and some of the students are just really important because I'm like, We wouldn't, if you don't have students to kind of continue to work, <laughs> you know, then and no one, there's nobody to do the work. Yeah. Um, and I have another colleague, um, Marita Poole, who's the gallery director at Clark Atlanta University, mm. um, and she is, like, working on a post program for that reason, like, to get more of us, oh. you know, on the track. Because um, you're right. It's like, by the time we find out that we can actually do this work, right. you're, like, either about to graduate, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, and or have cool. graduated. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so she and I, you know, been having conversations about, okay, maybe, her, you know, her students can, like, come and work at PAFA for a month or, like, two weeks or a semester or, you know, however, yeah. um, you know, she and the staff at PAFA decide to work it out. And then, you know, they can come to Indiana, um, you know, and work with me for six weeks or something like that, you know, well. just to get them exposed because um, it was really late you know, in my career, you know, as well. Um, and then when I realized that, I was like, oh, there's actually, like, no curriculum, you know, that one can follow for this. Right. So even some of my my colleagues, you know, who have PhDs are like, how are you doing this? And I'm like, I'm in African-American studies. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the interdisciplinariness is, like, inherent. You know, yeah. so if I was in a art history program, who knows? <laughs> you know, um, you know because it's much more um i don't know what you call it like just much more like stricter yeah. you know those sort of lines yes, you it's know very predetermined. Mm-hmm. absolutely
0: absolutely yep. um so thinking about the time you've spent in philadelphia mm-hmm. um and not counting PAFA, <laughs> um what are some of your favorite Art
1: spaces or arts organizations? In Philadelphia. Ooh, okay. So I love Arc Sanctuary ah, in South Philly. It's crazy. like, because it's so quaint and it's in it, but Valerie, like, they do so much awesome work <laughs> um, and it has such a far reach. Um, AMP is another space that I spent a whole whole lot of time. Really? <laughs> yeah, I spent a lot of time in both of those, and they have a partnership now, which they is do. with the Barnes and I think um, Rush Arts as yeah, well. They're
0: starting the, the uh, residency, which is so exciting. I know, yeah, I'm so excited to see how that how that how turns it works out. out. Yeah. I know it's
1: like really really cool. Um, ICA. You know, because I love the programming over there. Yeah. I was like, Megan Mayori. Yeah. <laughs> and Amy, I'm like, yes. yes. Yeah. Like, that's another space, you know, that I'm in. Not as much as I would like to be, though. Right. Um, and then I thought Vox was really cool. You know, Um, doing the one program with, you know, you and, and Lane back in February was super fun. Um And I'm always like about alternative spaces you know as well um because I always you know I'm sort of the walking testament that there's like more than one way to skin a cat yes. <laughs> you know Absolutely. and more than one way to do this work and so you know Vox having so many different types of um spaces you know and like artists collectives it's really great yeah.
0: um so speaking of there being more than one way to skin a cat, <laughs> um, I feel like there's also more than one way to curate once you're there. You know, oh, like yeah. once you're in the job. Um, so I want to know sort of what your vision is, or how you'd like to see things done differently. Yeah.
1: Know? So I'll, I'll give you. I have a perfect example of that. Um, So during, again, during my last second interview um, at IMA, one of my meetings or interviews was with the deputy director or director of hospitality. And I was like, just the fact that a museum has a director of os- hospitality is kinda cool. Yeah, I've never heard of
0: that. Yeah. And
1: so I've had, you know, I was look looking at my schedule and I was like, I have no idea what I'm gonna talk to him about. Yeah. You know? <laughs> because right. I don't really know a whole lot about hospitality. Um and so we sat down and, you know, he's super like a foodie you know like wine experience you know this kind of thing and he said tell me about your dissertation and i was like okay so it's, my dissertation is entitled we are roses from our mother's gardens and which is like a playoff of alice walker's in search of our mother's gardens so i'm telling him all about the basis of it i'm like you know it's about black women's you know artistic creativity how they use representational bodies um but starting from walker's idea or really in her sort of chronically, right her mother's creativity through making this garden. And he said, that's why I wanted to ask you about it. And he said, because I am very familiar with Alice Walker in terms of the color purple, but I wasn't familiar with with this essay. Um, and he said, what if we recreated? Her mother's garden because I am a. It's the Indianapolis Museum of Art at Newfields because it's a nature park, it's a botanical garden, oh, wow. it's an outdoor amphitheater, it's an indoor <laughs> performance theater. You know, so it's all of these different. It's like all of the arts in one, like on one campus. It's yeah. a sculpture garden, um, and so I was like, that would be super dope. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and he said, well, I've been also been thinking about. You know, how to engage the black women in the communities that surround the property. Um, And he said, so how, you know, like, how would you, how can we go about meeting with these women and saying, you know, come in. You can plant either a vegetable garden or a flower garden that you would tip. Like, what's in your backyard, right? Or like, right. what's in the the um, planters on your porch? And then we have a whole conversation about the different ways that Black women continue to use garden. And this is him talking to me, and I'm like, my head. I was like, oh my god, you know. And I was like, see, you know. I was like, Josh, yes. So it's those kinds of things that I was like, yes. Um, Where they don't necessarily, or curatorial work doesn't always have to be tied to the permanent collection. Um, And the space that IMA creates, you know, for the curatorial staff to do that, and just for even other staff members, you know, to curate their own shows is just like uncanny. I was like, oh my God. Um, And that's where... Like, that's what I do the work for, you know, for people who don't typically have access. So you bring them in to have a conversation about black women's gardens or, you know, or they're coming to the beer garden, you yeah. know, and then you kind of hook them because um, they can see something that they recognize, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I'm always about that. And you can really break down even some of, like, the canonical paintings of American art, Um in ways that art history hasn't, okay. you know, um, to sort of make those same connections or to kind of help visitors make those same connections. Um, like I talk about, you know, as Benjamin West a lot, you okay. know, in that way. Um, you know, just literally an ancestral lineage to, you know, a really prominent black family, <laughs> you know, in Philadelphia, um, as well as like the first mayoral family um, through – a Lenape, you know lineage, is like crazy um, and people wouldn't really know that, you know, if you came in and just saw it, right. um, so it's like mining those stories right. you know, and just doing other um, finding other ways you know, to reinterpret certain works um, and you know, or to even revive something like, you know, Walker's you know, sort of literary opus you know, because it was, you know, one of her first, like, major pieces mm. um, in this moment, you know, in at a museum in the middle of Indiana. Right. <laughs> you know, that most people wouldn't even think um, would be a space, right, where you, one could have those kind of conversations.
0: Right. It's interesting to me also because, I mean, you're going to be, you're going on to become the associate curator of American yeah. Art. Yeah. Um, Which is really exciting to me because it's not, you're not the associate curator of African-American art. Right. You're the associate curator of American Mm -hmm. art, of which African-American art is an integral and important part, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But you're also tasked with contextualizing sort of the entire Yes. Um, And so how do you think about that? that part of the job. That's the
1: part that's super exciting for me. Um, and, and interestingly enough, is what I've always wanted to do. Like, like, Particularly this year, I've been saying publicly a lot, like, I get pulled into contemporary art, like, kicking and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> um, because it's not really my area. You know, it's like I'm really a historian. And my cultural, my training in, like, cultural theory, like, pulls me in because you kind of make those comparisons. But I feel like they're there's like a sentiment in contemporary art where it's like artists like Carrie James Marshall, right. Or Mickalene Thomas or Kay Mae Weems can go. And I mean, the, the list is like long, right? Like Hank Willis Thomas and Glenn Ligon, but um, have like gone back into American art history and like done this mining and correcting, which is great. And which is cool. And they, I think they've done that very well. Coming from a black studies framework, you know, into American art, I'm like, you know, actually, if we reinterpreted some of this work um, more accurately, <laughs> it would change that, you know, all the way around. So, like, Winslow Homer is like a perfect, ex- like, it's an ex- example I use all the time. Because um, you'll hear about his watercolors, right? Or you'll hear about his work in Maine and, you know, his, his you know, seascapes. But nobody talks about, you know, toward the end of his career, the entire body of work, you know, that he did in black communities mm-hmm. in, you know, the southern states as well as the Caribbean. So I think it was the Bahamas. I didn't even know he did
0: Caribbean work.
1: Mm-hmm. Huh. I mean, he has a whole body of work. And then there's um, the one that he's most, the painting he's most known for um, is um, in terms of like black figures, is called Cotton Pickers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like this really kind of romantic but respectable um representation of two young black women you know picking yeah. cotton in like the post emancipation mm-hmm. um actually post reconstruction period you know but the more he spent time you know in black communities the more his depictions you know of black subjects you know became more realistic and like huh. you know it's like you wouldn't even know mm-hmm. <laughs> you know Um, And there's tons, you know, of key American artists, (laughs) you know, who have these stories um, as they were sort of wrestling with the racial politics, you know, of their time. And I was like, this is really interesting. Well, it's not coincidental, um, (laughs) you know, that this is not a part of like the American art historical narrative. Um, And at that point, you know, I said, well, that's that's what I need to do, you know, because. It's like, you know, Carrie Mae Weems and Mickalene Thomas, they're doing that work. And there are so many, you know, curators as well, like, you know, coming up through the ranks. Yeah. Um, I remember I, this was this is kind of like a sidebar. But I run into Lowry Stokes Sims maybe a year and a half ago at um, <laughs> at the Met. And we were like literally like in line in the bathroom. And she said, where are you now? And I said, oh, I'm in Paffa. And she said, yeah, where did all of you guys come from? <laughs> She's like, for the longest it was just me and Leslie now it's like a ton of you guys and she's like it's a great thing and I said yeah we were most of us were in school you know kind of studying the two of you you know Um, but I really said okay like that's where I need to be like in that sort of historical American art space Um, because you know, I think a lot of us like have, have contemporary and modern, like on lock. So I was like, Ooh, I can go back to the colonial period, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And, um, and it was actually a conversation with, um, Meg Onley that I was having when, when, um, she first started at ICA. It was like, you know, us getting to know each other. And she said, I think you're the only one, you know? And I was like, you know, I said, yeah, out of our constituency, you're right. You know? so at that point I was like, well, that's what I'm going to do. Um, Because I think that's where the work, like, really is needed right now. Um, And which is why so many of, you know, like, that mid-century generation of African-American artists have been, you know, like, perpetually pissed off, Hmm. you know, because they know that stuff, you know, they participate, like, their careers, right, are, like, part of that lineage too. Um, And it's just overlooked time and time and time again. Or it's sanitized. You know, um, and so having a, a museum director, you know, or an institution come to me and say, yes, that's what we want you to do. I was like, wow, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, "Yes, that's
0: so exciting. Yeah, I
1: was like, that's super dope. <laughs>
0: that's
1: really great. I could totally do that.
0: <laughs>
1: so what was
0: your, like, dream...
1: Exhibition be? I, that's easy to I want to do a Cattley retrospective. Okay, I really, really do. I think you know, it's. I figured. I kept thinking maybe I'm too late. Like I figured someone would have done one by now. Like after she passed, but she because it was really introduction to her work in that African American uh, Art History class back yes. in '9 and I just fell in love. And I said, you know, like Melanie Herzog, you know, is her biographer. It's just a great biography. But I think even now that's like 20 years old, uh-huh. you know. And she's never had a whole, she's never had a full retrospective. Like you'll meet people, you'll meet collectors who have her sculpture but has no, have no idea that she's a printmaker, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, or vice versa. You know, they have a lot of her prints but didn't know that she was a sculptor. It's like how exactly did you miss that? Um, and I think Lowry Stokes Sims did a retrospective of her sculpture, okay. um, also in the 90s. But I don't think there's been or there hasn't been a, a full range because even her paintings, you know, people don't really know a lot. You know, there's not a lot of them. Um, but, you know, she has these really great paintings as well. I'm like, somebody needs to do a show. So the more like the years go on and I'm like, ooh, <laughs> nobody's done a show. <laughs> so that's like my quintessential you know show that I really really want to do
0: Where are most of her pieces held is it mostly private collections
1: Private collections on um, Hampton Oh okay Yeah Hampton has a lot um she still is represented by um I'm probably going to get the names wrong Stella Jones in New Orleans Oh okay and oh I'm blanking on and and, and it is so bad because this particular gallerist has represented her for years. What is her name? <laughs> but it's a New York gallery. Okay. Oh, darn. Somebody's going to hear this and they're going to like totally know <laughs> what I mean. I'm, I'm like, I cannot think of that lady's name. But, <laughs> but yeah, but so she still has gallery representation. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of her a lot of her sculpture has come up recently. Like I've been watching Swan's auctions the last couple years. Um is some of her big stuff, so
0: Well, Elizabeth Catlett retrospective, we're gonna be looking for that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um it is interesting mm. that that
1: hasn't happened. Like, a big one hasn't I happened. I know. I totally did. I was, you know, after she passed, I was like, darn. Because I was still in grad school. Right. I was still in coursework. And I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> you know, somebody's going to. And it, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes, like, you know, curators will keep shows, like, under wraps if they're working uh, on it. So I'm right. like, somebody might be working on one. I don't know.
0: Well, I hope you beat them all <laughs> Thank you. Um, oh, well, so we're kind of. Wrapping up on time. Okay. Um, I did also want to ask, just sort of coming back full circle to the beginning, um, if there's anyone listening who is, say, in college, mm-hmm. you know, or even in high school, mm-hmm. and trying to figure out, well, what should I... That sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Those, those day-to-day activities that she talked about are sound amazing. I'm interested in history. Um, what advice would you give them in terms of figuring out if this is the right path Mm -hmm. for
1: them and then also getting on that path? Oh gosh, never allow anybody to tell you you can't do it you know, because it's never been done before Um, I got a lot of that, you know, and I was like "Mm, nope, I can just, you know, I'll find somebody else, (laughs) Um, you know, so to keep to keep at, you know, what you believe in um, because there are people out there that will help you, you know and just finding those people you know, instead of listening to your naysayers. Um, Because so many people, you know, would say, oh, nobody's ever done it that way, you know, um, or nobody's ever done this before. And it's like, well, there you go. Well, then it needs to happen. Um, And being self-sufficient enough, you know, to Mm -hmm. figure it out, you know, and and to stick with it. Because there's going to be so many people that are going to be like, oh, no. Um, You know, and yeah, you just have to be like, I'm going to do it anyway, (laughs) you know, I'm going to go about it anyway, yeah, whatever that might be, you know, yeah, Yeah. because I'm always, I'm of the mind frame, it's like, what's the point of doing, what's the point of continuing to do everything that everybody else, you know, is doing or have done, Um, you know, and particularly in the museum field, I'm like, we're just going to keep doing the same work like there's no reason for me to be here you know it's like you have to bring something different
0: thank you I mean oh, you. there is actually one more thing that okay. I um, so the show that you had a very large role in curating at PAFa, mm-hmm. the Experimental Printing Institute mm-hmm. um, I loved because I didn't I was embarrassed to say that I didn't know about any of that stuff uh-huh. you know I didn't know I had very little knowledge of Lafayette College, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, I'm always like I, I love Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I'm very interested in sort of local art history. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was actually curious about how you, how you got into that research, how that came about. That
1: was another one that just like fell in my lap. <laughs> so David and. Jody um were working on that gift when I began. Um and I wanna say it was like my first week in my like my first or second week and I had driven with Jody up to EPI um to like look at all of the prints that Curly Holton, the founder, was donating. Um And then Curly's very much so. He's a go-getter. Like, he's so, so big. Like, even now, he's, like, he's opened another press, like, bought a building. You know, we're like, well, you you were supposed to retire. (laughs) You know, so he's doing other projects. Um, And he's also the the director of the David Driscoll Center at um, University of Maryland. But anyway, so he said, tell me about yourself, you know, or, like, tell me about, you know, what do you do? (laughs) <laughs> and I told him and I told him the same thing, told him about my dissertation and everything. And he said, Okay, you need to write, you know, you need to write something up. You need to come um, you know, be on this panel and participate in a show that we're doing at the Driscoll Center. So with that, like Curly and I began to develop a really great relationship. Um so we, you know, got the pieces down. It was a collection of maybe 68 works on paper. Um, to cause in celebration of his retirement from EPI. He gifted you know suites of prints <clears throat> around the country, but he gave Papha the largest one to be like a secondary archive um also sort of in honor of his and David's twenty year friendship because they've been um David Brigham Papha's president they've been um they've been friends since David worked at the Allentown museum um so just you know sifting through the prints I saw so much you know of just themes that I was interested in, you know, and or themes that really spoke specifically to me. Um, the other thing that was really cool was that Pafa owned. So wait, like, let me back up, actually. So Curly's, one of his approaches was really helping artists translate their typical mediums, right, or their typical aesthetics in whatever medium they worked in, whether it was sculpture, um, painting, into paper. So for me, I was like, oh, they're, like, working backwards, and I've never really seen that, you know, like, working back into the 2D. And as I was, as that concept was, like, solidifying for me, I was thinking of permanent, like, works in PAPHA's permanent collection, that were representation of certain artists, um, certain artists' um, typical styles. So that's the one gallery that had like the Willie Cole and the Allison sorry, that I started there <laughs> and then worked out because I said, oh, you know, you can really see process, you know, right. literally with all of these works that are like a part of Pappa's permanent collection. Um, <clears throat> with the prints, you know, and... Um, the sculptural works and that the uh, gallery like people really really were drawn you know to that gallery because um, that's a very small room I put a lot of big works you know in there Um and then like I said there were other things that just spoke to like black feminine experiences Um, you know Najee Dorsey's piece really reminded me of my grandfather because he was a number runner and so uh, that piece was all about like gambling right, you know I, talked about
0: that. My, I had a great grandfather who was also a number runner yeah Yep. Uh, Yeah. You
1: know, and I was like this, you know, again, these are like these really cool projects, you know, stories, you know, that that one can tell, um, you know, with artwork that you don't even necessarily see happening. Like sometimes that's the other beautiful thing about curation because you'll be working on something where it's like, oh, we're going to do this show because we got this gift. Um, And then like magic happens, (laughs) you know, where these things come together. Um, that you don't even really expect to happen, you know. Um, And that's always, you know, really, really fun, you know, really exciting.
0: Great. Well, thank you so, so much for talking to us. Thank you. (laughs) Um, I'll be looking forward to all the stories you're telling in the future and really wish you the best in Indianapolis. Thank you you for listening. This has been Art Blog Radio. Until next time, goodbye.